Chapter 64 and 65 of Loot, How to Steal a Fortune by Jude Watson. Chapter 64, The Trouble with Improv. He swiveled the chair slightly, just enough to see March. He smiled. Surprised? March hovered in the doorway. Did you really think I'd fall for the broken water heater ploy? I was a New York City cop, kid. He swiveled again so that his back was to March. March said nothing. He tried to quiet his thundering heart. He kept his eye on the moonstone, which Shannon was holding to catch the light. The blue sheen that seemed to hover over the stone was hypnotic. Though I have to admire whoever had the hacking skills to take over my system, I'll be looking into that. March finally found his voice. What do you want? Shannon swiveled back and forth in his chair. What does anybody want, kid? A deal. March thought of Jules in the next room searching. Soon she'd be looking for him. He walked forward to stand in front of Shannon. This way, he was facing the door. What kind of deal? I was waiting to see who would show up, you or Oscar. I was betting on Oscar. He's got that ruthless streak. Maybe I have it too. Shannon laughed. Sure, half pint. This half pint has got the moonstones, not Oscar. Good for you. And you're going to cut me in on the deal. 50-50. Shannon looked at the stone because I've got this. I thought you wanted your name cleared, not money. I don't care about my good name. Nobody remembers me as a real cop. See all this? He waved a hand. Leveraged. I was fired last week. They're running old shows this week. Next week, I'm off cable. You can find something else. He laughed. Kids, you never see dead ends. How am I going to get another deal when this house gets foreclosed? Failure stinks, kid. You never get the smell off. Maybe you can sell that tacky pinky ring, March said. Such a comedian. What I need is quick money. What you need is a moonstone. Here's the deal. When you set up the meeting with Grimstone, I go along and negotiate. You can't do this by yourselves. Who are you kidding? You're kids. We did all the work. 50-50 isn't fair, March said, stalling. Their only leverage with Grimstone was the stones. She would have to tell them how to reverse the curse before they handed them over. Not to mention that he didn't like being pushed around. Fair, grow up. This is non-negotiable. My dad always said, if someone offers you a deal you can't change, you're the sucker at the table, March said. No deal. I'm not asking, Shannon said with a flare of hard anger. For the first time, March saw the viciousness beneath his weary tough guy persona. He pulled out his phone and held it up. There are surveillance tapes of you in New York, San Francisco, and now here, the gang of kids who steal from old ladies, dogs, and ex-cops. What a field day the media will have. March shrugged. So I'll be famous. Not to mention how much the local cops love me. If I hit 911, they're here in under five, and you and your friends are walking out in handcuffs. If I walk out of here with the police, so will the Moonstones, March said. Oh, really? Don't think so. Who are they going to believe? A former cop who says you stole the gems from him or some street kid? I'm guessing you have the stones on you right now. March willed himself not to touch his pocket. Shannon smiled and hit a button on the phone. Nine, he said. Jules entered the room. March reached up and smoothed his eyebrow. Go. Better if just he got caught. Jules didn't move. Your time is running out and your sister's too. Yeah, I know she's behind me. You kids are so dumb, March heard a beep. One, bright lights and noise suddenly erupted in a carnival cacophony of sound. 
Downstairs, a symphony crashed. The flat screen TV blazed to life. Gunfire from an action movie startled Shannon. The phone shot out of his hand. The dishwasher on the bar started with a whoosh. The light strobed on and off rapidly. The house had come alive. Jules did a running handstand, then flipped over to come at Shannon, feet first, aimed right at his hand. He crashed backwards, the moonstone flying in the air. It seemed to hover, flashing not quite blue, not quite white, not quite silver. March died for it, just as everything went black. Chapter 65. Trapped. The moonstone dropped into his hands as if it belonged there. He could barely make out the gray outline of the door and the gleam of Jules's pale skin. Shannon was on the floor, desperately trying to work the phone with his left hand. The other was curled in his lap. One, Shannon roared. Jules got, was already pressing Izzy on the speed dial. We've got it. Get out. As they raced down the hall, they heard the front door slam. Izzy was out. They ran toward the stairs. A loud rattling noise suddenly began around them, filling their ears with clatter. Jules grabbed March. What is it? March whipped around. The hurricane shutters. He must have programmed it. They clutched each other as the metal shutters accordion down. Locks snapped. The house was completely sealed. It was now so dark they could make out no outline, no form. The air pressed against their ears. In the absolute blackness, March felt disoriented. Was the doorway to the study directly behind him, or had they moved closer to the stairs? Which way was the hall to the turret? He could hear Jules breathing next to him in quick pants. He squeezed her hand, alerting her to the fact that they had to move. Shannon knew his house better than they did. He was coming for them. The police were too. Shannon would do as he'd promised. He'd tell the police that March had stolen the moonstones from him. He'd be searched. Their chance to get the money, reverse the curse, gone. He'd be back in a group home or juvenile hall or dead. March tried to think past his pounding pulse. Which way to go? March heard a small noise off to his right. Shannon. But hadn't the study been to his left? Suddenly, Shannon's voice boomed out from behind them. This is a home invasion, he shouted. They could hear the rasp of his angry breathing. No jury would convict me. I had no idea who I was fighting. It was pitch dark, and I have a perfect right to bash your skulls in. Dead, cold fear dropped over March. As annihilating as the darkness, Shannon wasn't lying. He could get away with murder. He couldn't think. He wanted to run, but he didn't know where he was or where to go. Any movement might tip Shannon off to their location. He was standing behind them, waiting. Jules put her lips to his ear. Move left. Hold on to my shirt. He grabbed the hem of her jersey. She moved like a cat, a silent, gliding motion. His eyes had adjusted somewhat, but he still couldn't see. He had to trust Jules completely. Her hands were slightly in front of her, feeling her way. Come out, come out, wherever you are, Shannon crooned. He was to their right. Jules moved accordingly, speeding up her pace a bit while he was speaking. She was heading to the stairs, March guessed. It was an excruciatingly slow journey down the hall. Any moment, March was afraid Shannon would come at them from behind. With a chair or one of those bronze bookends he'd spied in the study, something crashing down on their skulls. He felt the air change become a bit cooler. The bedroom. They had gone the wrong way. They could be trapped here. They heard the wail of police sirens. They're coming, Shannon called, and I'll find you before they get here. There's no place to hide. Jules hunched her body over the, her phone to block out the emitted light. Turret bedroom. In seconds, the reply came. Window overlooking black, back metal. Last chance, Shannon yelled. 
he sounded, raspy and in pain, desperate. Now he was moving faster, charging through the upstairs rooms. March heard the slam of a closet door. March whispered close to her ear, we're four stories up. Even if Izzy can get the shutter up, how can we get down? Jules tugged at the expensive drapes that, drapes that pooled on the floor. Looks like they're about 20 feet long, she whispered. That will get us halfway. March looked at her, incredulous. Can they hold our weight? A thump came from next door, something hitting a wall. I think you broke my wrist, little girl, Shannon roared. Want to see how that feels? Come on, Izzy, come on, come on. Suddenly, the shutter on the casement window rattled up. Izzy had come through. In less than a second, March had grabbed the handles of the casement windows and pushed them out. Jules was ready, snatching fistfuls of the curtains. She tossed them out. March looked down. The curtains came to a stop halfway to the lawn. There was still a good 20 feet left. I heard that. March heard the sound of running. Shannon bumped into something. He was probably trying to program the shutters and run at the same time. Quick, before Shannon closes the shutters again, go! March grabbed fistfuls of the curtain. He climbed over the side. He swung against the house and terror gripped him. He looked up at Jules. How did this happen again? It was like the moonstones were taunting him. We're supposed to stay on the ground, he said. No choice. She swung a leg over the, st the sill. Go! The sirens screamed in his ears. He saw Darius and Izzy far below, each of them running with one bike on either side, awkwardly but quickly bumping over the meadow toward the turret. From up here, he could see the police cars turning into the lane. That gave March the incentive he needed. He scrambled down the curtain and swung above the lawn. He ran out of curtain. It was too far to jump. Jules climbed out the material from the other curtain in her hand. She scrambled down. Then as March hung on the end of his curtain, she held on with one hand as she wrapped the material of the other curtain around her ankles, tied it, and held out her hands. Sea grip. March felt the material ripping. He reached out to her. Now I'm going to let go, and you're going to lower yourself down once I'm hanging by my ankles. Then you're going to have to jump the rest of the way. Don't worry. You won't break anything. You'll have about a seven-foot drop. This is all going to happen very fast. The material ripped again. Um, now, Jules said. March kept his legs around the curtain but hung on to Jules's wrists. She let herself go, hanging just by her ankles as he slid down as far as he could until he was hanging free. He felt the amazing strength of her arms as she lowered him down. She was hanging upside down, her ankles secured in the cloth. The rip sounded like a crack of thunder as he let go and jumped the rest of the way. As the curtain tore, Jules flipped up, grabbed the tattered end like it was a vine, and jumped. She landed on her feet. March had fallen backward, his face to the sky. She grinned and put out a hand. The sound of sirens screamed in his ears, and his pulse pounded with the near escape. Come on, they're playing our song. Come back tomorrow for chapter 66 and 67.